Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Tonight, I'd like to um, talk some about um, the movement from uh, afflictive emotions or entangling emotions and mind states or attitudes, this movement from there to um, wholesome, powerful, liberating qualities uh, of mind. And so in mindfulness practice, this um, non-judgmental, curious, generous awareness um, that is uh, offered or holds what is uh, presently arisen, currently happening in real time, live, uh, we can be aware of... uh, the experience of the body or the senses, and we've talked about this a bunch. Uh, Experience of hearing, experience of uh, temperature, experience of um, vibration at the uh, ear door, but also in the body, uh, movement, hardness, softness, smoothness, etc. Dampness. So we can be aware of the physical uh, realm. We can be uh, aware uh, of the of the inner realm, we could say. Uh, the emotions, <coughs> moods, qualities of mind. And uh, there's a particular, we could say, chapter of the practice, area of the practice. It's called one of the foundation. It's a language we could use. So there's several, the body, the emotions. And one particular uh, chapter, we could say, foundation area, is this passage from uh, one kind of mind state, attitude, to another. So the movement from uh, what is afflictive, entangling to towards uh, what is uh, liberating. And so the way I understand what uh, we're doing here is that uh, just by sitting and paying attention to what is actually here, or by in walking, or in the dining hall, in our bedroom or cabin, we notice these mind states. We actually more than notice, we uh, soak in them. (laughs) 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 Is one way to to say it. We really get to experience them uh, intimately. Um, It's high quality encounter with the different mind states. And uh, so one particular kind of wisdom is... uh, There's a few kinds of wisdom. So one particular kind of wisdom or discernment is the capacity uh, to discern between kusala and akusala mind states. That's a Pali word from a long time ago, you know, language. Yeah. And uh, the meaning of kusala, akusala, is... You could decide for yourself what translation you want to work with. It could be wholesome uh, and unwholesome. It could be beneficial 
unbeneficial. I like, it's my preference, it's very important. <laughs> I like uh, entangling, liberating, unword leading, freeing. So, um, and because we're doing vipassana, insight meditation, the kind of intelligence that we're interested in is a felt, embodied intelligence. It's not a conceptual, it has its place, but it's, it's, not, it's not ultimately what the insight is going to, the clarification, the discernment I'm talking about is not going to be like, okay, give me the list, which one are wholesome and liberating and which one are entangling. It, that's really good information, you know. But what we're going for is a felt sense, the soaking I was talking about. By being in these mind states, it becomes really clear in a really felt way. You see what I'm meaning? And so somebody, I think, uh, today in uh, one of the groups uh, who met with uh, Heather was uh, using uh, their, their translation uh, uh, was not uh, wholesome or unwholesome, it was um, Yeah, so they recognize in a felt way the heavy toll of a certain mind state or another, or the lightness of another one, if it appears like this. So the cost uh, of uh, resentment on the system, the devastation, and so this is not an easy practice, huh? because we have to actually really become really intimate with uh, these ways of being, to clarify in a deep way, insight, vipassana, for ourselves. Uh, and in the same way, for the beautiful qualities, we might hear, oh yes, metta, benevolence, good, loving-kindness, yeah. I agree, I want, <laughs> you know, but there's nothing like having a, you know, the strong impression, that's what we're going for, that's why we want to develop an attention that has a, is of a high quality, huh? that can actually stay, sustain, be there, note, be impressed, be touched, touch, so that we can really register at that level, the kusala, akusala nature of the different mind states. Um, so yeah, the beautiful ones, it becomes really, really clear when we actually feel them. And they might be felt uh, sometimes through... Uh, uh, because we run into them. You know, you see something in nature and you're touched. And there's some opening, some tenderness tenderizing of the heart, some compassionate, some letting go, some acceptance, some uh, silence, suddenly calm appears. It's not discursive, it doesn't comment or describe so much, it just stops and it's with. And then we're impressed. Oh, I felt that. Yeah? Or it might be through the voice of another. <gasps> when you said, when the teacher said that, you know, uh, it, like it, it was kind of a transmission almost. I got it. Yeah. I remember uh, many years ago, um, it just came to mind, Irina Wiseman, uh, a teacher in this tradition, we were sitting at the LGBTQI uh, 2S plus retreat, so everybody was there. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Irina was talking beautifully as she can, and at some point she, uh, she probably paused, and then 
you know, kind of a, is it what you call a pregnant pause. She paused and she said, I am honored to be queer. And I got it like a, I don't know if it's a ton of brick that was lifted or that uh, hit me, but it was, my mind changed. My view, like she removed a whole layer of uh, inner uh, conditioned homophobia that I had, you know, as a gay man. Just by the clarity of her mind, she lifted delusion from mine, you know, and I was free there. And at that moment, I could have, I never thought of that sentence in my life. But when she said it and I received it, after, I too was honored, privileged to be queer. So through the voice of another, or the movement of another, you know, we're getting sensitive here, we're paying attention, we're paying attention, getting sensitive, we feel things are starting to really stand out. Huh? And uh, at some point somebody might do a small little gesture, you know, let you go first, uh, wait a second, something. And the reverberation, because we're starting to resonate now, we're paying attention, we're calming the mind, we're pacifying the mind, we're less occupied, under occupation, so we can actually be touched by what's happening. And it could be that something will touch you and it will be transmitted in this way. You know? Actually, it becomes a practice in life. Huh? The Buddha invited us to uh, see internally externally, an interpretation of this uh, about mind states, feel the mind state internally, externally, is feel the mind states here, but feel them there when you're talking to somebody, become aware of the mind state. And so the more we become, is it attuned, attentive, we'll see things pass by. And so, uh, will know, I don't know, in the meeting uh, if somebody is pushy in some way, suddenly we'll really feel the even silent pushiness of somebody or lack of consideration or something like this. And uh, it's good to clarify that uh, you know, we could suddenly become more sensitive and really aware and uh, use that as a tool. Like, I'm so mindful of you being a jerk right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be exactly practice. Huh? <laughs> Mindfulness would, uh, would have stability, non-judgmentalness to it. Let's say, oh, wow, that's, that's the effect that has pushiness on a group, you know? Let me be really, really attentive to this. Let me register, feel it. But in the same way, uh, in our daily life later, but here too, uh, small gestures of uh, yeah, benevolence, compassion, patience, can really stand out. They can, uh, we can be nourished, informed by them if we're attentive. So the, ra the senses could be radar, you know, for acquisition. No? So I'm going, what do I want? What do I want from, you know? It, I could use my senses to look for stuff to get, you know? But I can also use my senses to nourish myself, you know, and be able to pick, you know, uh, and recognize the beautiful movements in another's uh, soul, we could say. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so the beautiful qualities of mind, when uh, we get to experience them in a way or another, we are impressed by them here. That's really part of the, of the journey. I hope I'm able to convey this. But when suddenly um, 
the mind that was uh, busy describing one thing suddenly becomes quiet for a moment. We're impressed. It's informative. Huh? It shows us another way to live. Ah. There's another way to live where there's not much description and things being said there. It's really receptive. Ah, okay. I just got a hit of that for a few seconds here. But the impression will stay. We're, we're developing this in this way. So kusala akusala. We're clarifying this. Um, maybe I can tell you a couple of stories here of this. It's not too long ago at a retreat. Maybe it was at this point of the retreat. Somebody described in a small group meeting. They said, um, "So you know, I sat a few retreats. I was listening, listening to the inst." instructions and uh, teaching and I was like, yeah, I know this stuff yeah, that's the kind of basic stuff come on, give me the real juice you know? <laughs> So, and I was doing your practice sit, walk, sit, walk <laughs> yeah, I was doing it, I kept doing it you know so there was something that was not seen huh? and suddenly this person said and then at the mealtime, I went in the woods and uh, I was walking in the woods and it's an old growth forest and it was snowing. And this person, I was walking in the woods like, come on, where's the beauty? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and suddenly, what was there but hidden because of lack of attention or refinement in the attention or assumptions or... You know, suddenly was revealed the attitude. And then it was felt. So it was the middle path between the extreme of being fooled by, duped, entranced by a mind state. Come on, give me the good stuff. You know, impatient, arrogant. And the uh, other extreme that could uh, be knowing it's there and debating with this. I don't want this. You know? But suddenly there was a moment of clarity. The, this was felt. That attitude was felt. Actually, that, that person, yeah, they had to soak in it, but unknowingly. Sometimes we soak in it knowingly for a long time. You know? But this person, had the, suddenly it was revealed. And that's the nature of insight. Often, it's, it's inferential. So this person saw their mind state clearly, really clearly, felt the attitude really really they become really aware they became really aware of it and in the same moment they saw almost like a trace of a imagery like and when they were talking about this they were very very vibrant very alive they said the moment I recognized the mind state I also saw that this was what I was contributing uh, my contribution often in my family, with the people I loved the most, this was my contribution. I had missed this. And then, you know, the letting go happens. How? Not out of will. Letting go happens because of clear comprehension is a result of being touched deeply by the akusala nature of that particular mind state. Yeah? This person could feel they didn't need the list. They knew for themselves. This is inside, vipassana. Knowing for oneself what is helpful, what is not. This person knew this suddenly, really clearly. The sense was that their life had changed. Because they would not be that dupe. Or maybe a little. <laughs> but something had been shaken. That's what we call insight, in a way. Huh? 
This person was shaken. The way they were reporting, we could see they had been shaken at that moment in the wood. The woods. Yeah. So that's the kusala, akusala clarification. In the same way, we often hear retreatant describe, you know, suddenly, I think, is it you did last night saying, at some point there was a really kind voice that spoke, and you were touched by it, surprised, shaken by it, like the kusala, helpful, liberating nature of that voice became really clear. This, this, this is for my good. This is for the good of others. It's not going to be harmful to others, this. You know? I'm putting words on it, but insight doesn't have words. It's an intuitive recognition. And, by the way, I was teaching a retreat with Dr. Judson Brewer, who is the director of research at the Mindfulness Institute in Massachusetts. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he was part of the retreat. He was showing us, uh, you know, slides of, of uh, brain, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the brain cut like this, cut like this, cut like that, cut like this. And showing us the, you know, different regions that were illuminated in different mind states. So I think it was presented around uh, contracted mind states and expensive mind states. So contracted, greed, hatred, judgment, expensive, compassion, uh, um, uh, benevolent, uh, uh, etc. Yeah? Calm, etc. And you were saying, so that part of the brain is in function or lightens up. I, I, and I was saying to him, so you hear me, that's exactly what I was saying to him after. I was saying, I see these, and right after, I can't remember, was it the agmedalia or the neofrontal <laughs> cortex, something? Which one, you know? And, uh, and he was saying, yeah, you're right, Pascal, that you don't uh, remember this because you can't feel it. Have you tried to develop your neocortex frontal right? <laughs> you know, like feel it. Is it growing? You know? Am I, uh, you know, developing the side of satisfaction? And am I at atrophying the side of dissatisfaction? You can't feel it. That's why you can have a brain surgery on somebody and ask them, uh, you know, questions about their family while you're working on their brain. <laughs> And they can also play a Stradivarius, a violin, while you're actually playing with their brain, because they can't feel it. And you can go on YouTube and watch that. <laughs> the surgeon is like, doo, 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 doo. so how's your kid? Oh, they're great. <laughs> Could you play the bolero? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and uh, so he was saying, this, Pascal, is empty calories. This is whole grain. This is where the information is. The guts, the heart, the skin, the sensitivity. And I was saying, yeah, because for me, the ethics is here. It's here. Like if I'm about to say something that could be hurtful and I'm aware of it, <laughs> the information is not going to come from here. It's going to come from here. Goosebump, nuts in the belly, uh, that's, maybe we have different kinds of intelligence, but uh, it's not going to be felt there so much. Anyway, that's, I seem to me that it's saying this is why we're putting a lot of interest in sensory awareness, because the breath is the portal to emotions. Being there, attentive to the breath, I'll discover how is the one meditating. Huh? Listening to sound, I'll discover the quality of the attention. Is it superficial, intermittent, established, kind, demanding, acquiring, waiting, expecting? Huh? 
It's through the listening that it will be revealed how is the one. So, anyway, ways to discover our minds and the qualities of our minds is... Uh, so that's why it's called also intuition. Intuition, I can feel. can spend the week here thinking, am I going to... You know, I have a choice to make between two things. Am I going to do it or not do it or do it or do it? Drop, drop your intelligence in the heart. My love, drop it in the belly. Drop it in the legs. Drop it in the hands. Let the back become sensitive. Feel the dampness. And in there, maybe, the answer will come from not where you were looking for the answer. Maybe it'll come from here. Uh, of course, I'm not going to do this. This is not me. Or it doesn't resonate. So that's why we're paying attention while we're here. We might talk more about this later, but uh, I'd like to s talk about two kinds of qualities that go really well together, uh, that uh, become really potent when they're joined together. And we already have talked about this, so a few more words on this. So we keep traveling on that path. And so there's a kind of quality, and today we have put an emphasis on this, the calming quality, the collecting quality, qualities, the non-reactive qualities, the staying qualities, the instead of scattering, scattered mind, it's a gathered mind. Yeah. So that kind of quality. And there's another kind of quality that is uh, interest, curiosity. It's an energizing quality. So in practice, so many ways to describe practice. One way to describe practice is the cultivation of these two kinds of qualities so that they can uh, become synergy. Syn synergy. Yeah. They can work together really well. So a mind that is both as calm to it, so can really be touch or touch, and that is um, as something intelligent in it, something engaged, curious. Huh? Because if the mind is only calm, and uh, yeah, only calm, <laughs> so calm, so calm that suddenly it's having a conversation with an oyster. <laughs> And you wonder why. <laughs> and the mind that is energized and so energized and doesn't have is not met by some stability, calming qualities, gathered, staying power, collectedness, uh, then it will become really discursive and agitated. That's one thing that could happen. Yeah? So here, the design of the retreat in a way is to develop these two kinds of qualities. So we're calming, calming. Can we stay here, my love? Can we stay here in the hands? In the discomfort? Can we just stay here? In the breath? Stay here with the taste, appearing in this appearing. Stay here with the movement of the hand coming down to get the fork, spoon, garlic bread. <laughs> Can we stay here with the contact of the lips and the, I don't know, explosion of flavor? Can we stay here? And, uh, yeah, so stay here and get and engage. I was described, was part of what I was describing, I guess. So engage, close, but, uh, and awake. Do you see what I'm meaning? So we're vibrant. You know, we're, it's alive. It's really happening. And so we're 
We're interested by what's happening. So these two kinds of qualities together, extremely powerful. Extremely powerful when one meets beauty. You know, if there's a lack of one or the other, the mind will get excited. My camera, oh my god, oh, I want to move here. You know? <laughs> so it needs engagement, but calm also. Too. So both. Or if there's something difficult happening, you know, we're triggered in some way or we're in a conflict of some sort. So helpful to be able to invite calm, non-reactivity, some measure of equanimity and some measure of interest. Okay? Instead of pushing away, inviting, oh, Pascal, could we bring a little interest to this, although it's not what we wanted, or, you know, it's not going as we had planned. Can we bring interest to this? Oh, interesting. Could it be interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes the mind is rigid. No, it's not supposed to be like this, that is not the way we do things, <laughs> you know. And sometimes the mind, you know, after that rigidity crisis, Sometimes there's a little pliability, and here we're developing that pliability because we keep inviting another kind of response. Yeah? So we're developing these two kinds of qualities. It's good to know about this because as I practice, for me, um, um, yesterday Heather was talking about lens, huh? different lens. So to me that's definitely one of the lens I, I put on. And then I drop them, I forget them, I don't know where they are. And I rem remember that, oh, that's why I'm not seeing clearly, I need my lens. What is the level of engagement and calm here? And could we, sometimes just asking the question is enough to reorganize the system a little bit. And you know, in life, if somebody wants to uh, teach me something, oh, let me teach you how to do that, Pascal. Oh yeah, I need, really need to know, I don't know what to do. One measure of calm, Pascal. One measure of engagement. Probably the learning is going to happen if there is some of this here. So, personally, I haven't found a place where it was not welcomed. And with these qualities, kusala, akusala, when they have that quality of being helpful, liberating, they're always helpful and liberating for us and for others. That's how it's, it is in the Buddhist psychology. And when they're unwholesome, they always are. So I'm trying this out. This, to me, as I said earlier, elements of research. Is that true? Let me check it out. Well, I haven't found places where a measure of calm and a me measure of curiosity is not welcomed. So, uh, as I'm preparing for the meetings, uh, you know, we were reading and uh, the, reading the little forms that you filled. So, flipping the forms, reading the forms. And so, uh, with whom have you practiced? Uh, I saw some names come uh, often, and one of the names that came the most, uh, yeah, I think was Heather, for sure. And then it was uh, Steve Armstrong. His name came uh, really often. Many, many of you have uh, practiced uh, with Steve Armstrong, who's a dear uh, senior teacher in this uh, tradition. We lived... Uh, lives in uh, Hawaii, but lived also for a while in Seattle. And so, and uh, many of you know, maybe some of you do not know, that uh, Steve, uh, about two months ago, uh, home, uh, chatting with a friend, for a few seconds, 30, 40 seconds, suddenly was incoherent. So he, as he was talking, suddenly it didn't make sense anymore. And so, him and his friend, and talking about this with others, said, oh, you should have this checked out, you know. And so he did. 
and uh, there was some test and they, as many of you know again uh, what was found is what, there was a tumor on the brain and, uh, and the tumor was uh, mostly removed um, so I might not tell the story exactly I'm trying to be as exact as I, I, I recall and I think I'm totally in the ballpark there might be a little millimeter here or there of detail that is not exact but um, so the tumor was mostly removed but was discovered that there was a, a fast growing cancer uh, uh, uncurable and uh, Steve was given uh, something like 14 plus months uh, to live and um, yeah so yeah, collectively, uh, together, let's uh, consider this. This is life happening yeah, for someone and for us in the community. Uh, of course, there's other stories, many here in this room. Yeah. I'm, I'm choosing this one here. Um, and so, um, Steve is going to do, started now doing a six, seven weeks of uh, chemo and uh, radiation and uh, recovered his, well, his well-being in a way with that uh, diagnosis. And then, um, as many of you know, um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, suddenly on the way to the hospital, he became incoherent again. And that lasted for a couple of days. Uh, fluctuations in there, but uh, uh, and then uh, I think now he's good again. Uh, and uh, after we came on retreat here, uh, there's a site called Caring Bridge where you can follow, many of you are following what's happening with him. So a couple of days ago, uh, there was a new entry uh, after the retreat started here. And the entry was uh, uh, him describing the, the past event of two weeks ago. So there's no news, new news. He was just uh, describing, he was able to describe what had happened to him. So I wanted to share a little bit of what's uh, written in there. It's a, it's a, it's a, a generous sharing, so I'm going to pick just little uh, pieces because when I read that, I thought, this is, this is what we're talking about, this is practice. And so... Um, I hope it's okay to, to choose to, to do that. Um, so, um, so as, I'm, uh, as we're talking about this, all kinds of things can be happening in your heart. You know, care for him, you could be brought back to your own story, or the story of a loved one for you, or... or projection of something that could happen to you or somebody. I mean, the range, as we know, is really vast of how, what can happen to a heart and a psyche when uh, uh, ideas are shared and uh, things. And so I'm inviting you to be aware of how, how this is held in a very, very non-judgmental way and careful, tender way, but just notice how, how, is, this, how is this held right now for this being? The whole range is possible. It could be that the mind is quiet, interested. It could be that it's uh, tender, or, or that there is some collapsing or collapsing of some sort, or, or, or something. And it's part of the practice. This is exactly the practice, noticing what's alive now, how it's... Uh, And so some of his words here. I descended from coherent to incoherent and could not speak or understand hardly anything. I was uncomprehending. I had sense doors, but I didn't really have any understanding of what was going on. I was pre present and responsive but minimally, not relating to people and things well, aware without understanding. 
Then he went to the hospital, stayed there 48 hours, then was released. When I was back home, I was uh, passive, silent, a little bit strung out, in a fog. Then, there is a whole range of strange perceptions that took uh, getting used to, recognizing. And recognizing this is what's going on. Coming to accept that, oh, this is the way it is. It's, it's not right, bad, good, or anything. It's just strange. For example, I had quite a lot of auditory hallucinations, meaning I would hear things that weren't actually being said or heard. Sometimes people would uh, say things and I wouldn't hear it or I wouldn't hear it correctly. I'd uh, know that something was said but I would miss it completely. I didn't understand. It wasn't frustrating. It wasn't aggravating. I wasn't judging myself. It was interesting more than anxiety-producing. All of us were really interested to see what changes were going to be. All of us is a few of the caretakers around Brian, Kamala, uh, Cody, someone, Andy, I think, and practitioners. So, so we were all interested, curious. To me, when I was reading this, I was amazed. This is a practice. This person, or this group of people, have developed interest for reality. This is the muscle they've been building over years and decades. Interest for what is happening. Non-judgment. Not demanding, non-expecting. And so, actually, in a situation like this, not easy. The mind is interested. And so I'm continuing here a little bit. All of us were really interested to see what the changes were going to be, both with the treatments and the supplements and other things that were going, uh, we were doing. I came to this place, this understanding that I can't rely on assumptions, even more so because things are changing all the time. I just had to be with things as they were at the time. My understanding was that whatever happened is going to happen. My job is just to see if I can recognize it, accept it as it is, and not get kind of hopeful or dreadful about what might happen. I didn't have any realistic hope for anything, even though I could recognize some improvement at times, but then they would degrade. So I really came to a place of more equanimity. No dread, no hope, and that was okay. The unfamiliar perceptions and experiences initially provoke the thought, is this okay? Or is it something wrong there? But what is going on now? Interested. Unfamiliarity is okay. Unfamiliarity is okay. And then the understanding, whatever happens, happens. Everyone around me was very supportive, responsive and helpful. And I really appreciate all the, the caring bridge comments, likes, things that people say. They are affirming uh, of the connections that we have and the power of community. As I am slowly gaining strength and almost enjoying life, not almost, definitely enjoying life with this physical process. This is the power of awareness. Being interested in your experience, no matter what your judgments about it are, don't hold on to that. It changes all the time. The increasing equanimity of accepting things 
This is the way it is. My fight is being patient, persistent, and staying interested, and not descending into judgment about things. My fighting is against inertia, giving up, or buying into stories about what's going on. It's constantly changing, out of my control. The challenge is being willing to accept what is happening. So the, one of the dangers here is that we put the bar very, very high. You know? <laughs> Somebody who has a lot of practice behind them. Um, but still, I think I'm using this not as a judgment of ourselves, as we're here practicing, but as instructions. You know, interest. Interest in what is happening right now. This is how it is right now. Can I recognize it? And can I accept that it's like this right now? It's, in a way, it's extremely simple. There's not a lot of manipulations here. So maybe just a few things that uh, I've noticed have been helpful for me, and uh, maybe especially in uh, dif with difficult mind states, uh, afflictive emotions, and uh, troubling, uh, perturbating mind states moods. So, labeling. Uh, and I love uh, Ajahn Suchito's labeling. Uh, I think it was Sumedho, one of the two, says fear. Fear feels like this. Sumedho, I think this in that, if I, there's an invitation to calm, to acceptance, to honesty, etc. So, just naming. The naming, the labeling in this practice becomes a little bit like a frame around the picture. It's to invite us to feel. So it's not like, fear, I know now, done, you know. It's, fear feels like this, it's an invitation. You don't have to add the feel, feels like this, but you can. Impatience. Ah, I'm, I'm in the food line. I want to reach the almonds. Suddenly my life depends on reaching the almonds, or my <laughs> happiness depends on reaching the almonds. So, ah, impatience feels like this. It's an invitation to be attentive, curious. Look at that. I have the unique chance it's going to be gone when I reach the almond. <laughs> I have the unique chance to experience impatience and get acquainted and feel the kusala, akusala nature of impatience. Is that for my well-being? Let me feel. Does that have a flavor, a taste of entanglement, entangling or liberating? Let me, ah. And often in my practice, I've even said, gone as far as saying, don't go away too fast. Stay here, opinionated mind, self-righteousness, arrogance, self-deprecation. Do not go away. Stay active a little bit, because I really want to feel that. Envy, wanting to be somewhere else, somebody else, feel something else. Let me really get acquainted with you. Not in my habitual, fooled by, entranced way. In my wakeful, engaged, calm and attentive, calm and alert way. What's the nature of this waiting, waiting for the good stuff to come? You know? Let me feel that waiting or dismissing. Let me feel that. So labeling. Another use of the thinking mind, 
So in labeling, there's not many words. Huh? It's not very discursive. Huh? Just a few words, and they they bring us to silent listening, to paying attention. Um, questions have been helpful for me, and one that I mean, I've used them here. I guess I, I bet uh, there's two questions that I ask a lot. Can this be okay for now? Can this be known? And so it's not to answer with words, but with mindfulness, with awareness. Can this be okay? That it's not what I planned, or want, or want to feel. Can this be okay? That it's uncomfortable. Can this be known, Pascal? It's the invitation to have a wholesome relationship to what's happening, come closer, let known. Another question that's been extremely helpful for me, Pascal, what else is happening? What else is happening? Yeah, your mind is obsessed by this, your heart is heavy, etc. What else is happening? Oh, there is silence in the room. So resourcing. Huh? So we attend to what is difficult, but we also want to nourish find what is pleasant or neutral. When something is really, really intense and painful, it's vortexy-like, or it feels like it takes the whole of the space. It's the only thing happening. But what else is happening, Pascal? Oh, the space here in this room is vast. And yeah, my heart is broken, or heavy, or hollow. But here there is quiet space. So, is the word titrating? So, coming away from what is difficult and noticing what else is there. All of this is, and it's good to know, it's helpful for me to know that I'm doing all this to notice that I'm safe here now, because I might be taken by a conversation that happened a few months ago, or something that could happen in the future, or you know, an old trauma might come back, and if something has been said, you know, in a group that was, uh, you know, either microaggression or or uh, something that some somebody did something somewhere. I saw somebody did something they did not respecting the kind of culture of the community, for I don't know. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. well, it's helpful for me if I can, uh, and it's natural that it would, I would be triggered in some ways, you know, but it's good for me to see like, and here, right now, is there the threat right now? Because that thing happened 20 minutes ago, or in 79. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, but things do happen. And I want to be able to process them, or, or this and that, but like it's really helping me if I can notice I'm actually here now. This is also here now. It's happening. And so, really, really important. So, Pascal, you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what you, what's going to happen with this, in this situation. You have no idea, and you fear this situation, you know, how it could turn out, you know. But here, now, like, that's... Wisdom, no? knowing where you are when you're there. You know? And we can easily be deluded, confused, and think that we're having that in that situation, but we're not. So we're trying to wake up to this. It's actually not here now. Not here now. Not in a dismissing way, of course, uh, these things would come up, but just to bring the balance uh, back. So what else is happening? Oh, they're sitting here. There's hands touching. This is happening also. Not just the thoughts rushing through. And um, This remarkable um, response uh, 
mean, it's been taught to me in so many ways, but I'll, I'll choose one way that um, where I, it was a strong impression, impact, um, a guidance, I would say. So I was um, reading a, a book from uh, uh, Zenju, Earthlin Manuel, uh, called The Way of Tenderness. The Way of Tenderness. And in the introduction of the book, she talks about her experience uh, here in America in her sangha, practicing and uh, being uh, uh, African, an Af African-American woman, queer woman, and uh, how this was uh, very active in the, the relationship she was having with maybe her teachers and the sangha members who were predominantly white. And uh, so I don't want to misrepresent her, like I don't want to misrepresent the story of uh, Steve Armstrong or what's happening to him. So it's delicate, but uh, I'm choosing to go there because I think it's worth it. Um, and uh, maybe that, that, um, that experience was not recognized or recognizable for uh, her teacher, maybe white male, you know, they, they thought it was, we were all, all good, you know, we're all together, same experience. You know. But for her it was very alive, uh, these different identities, a woman, queer, black. And uh, she seems to be talking, and in the introduction of the book she talked about um, the way of entering in relationship with these things that were up for her. I mean, they're up for all of us, but some of us are really aware of it. You know? And uh, she talks about uh, bringing complete tenderness to that aspect of their experience. Complete tenderness. And yeah, when I read that, I thought it was such wise and profound response, instead of shutting down, Instead of which would be absolutely natural, uh, it would make complete sense, of course, of being confused, ashamed, uh, uh, enraged, uh, all the different uh, reactions that we have, um, that one could have, uh, to seeing the opportunity or something opening up to complete tenderness in the way to hold that predicament that uh, and uh, yeah I find this absolutely remarkable that uh, a human being a human mind can do have such a wholesome movement of mind uh, facing uh, such a challenge of uh, erasure invisibility um, and so uh, and so this afternoon there was uh, practice of compassion, so, so that response, when we meet what is difficult, you know, what is a response, an appropriate, wise response uh, to pain, uh, discomfort, uh, unpleasantness, uh, what is afflicting, afflictive care, deep, deep care. And so that's what we are invited also here to work with, uh, tend towards uh, complete tenderness for what is happening in there. There's a lot of honesty, there's to meet, uh, it has also a taste, f flavor of uh, courage. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to describe it well. I, I use remarkable earlier as a, just to say I'm imp very strongly impressed by such a response. So that's already many words. Maybe we'll stop here for uh, this evening. And there's a few more things I want to touch on, but we have days <laughs> for that. So let's just uh, sit a moment and see what, uh, after the words, uh, remains.
may we be able to uh, experience uh, in our hearts many times this week this movement from uh, Kusala to Kusala from an oppressive response to a liberating one to what is happening may we find deep freedom in the circumstances may we find deep freedom and may we offer protection to all beings no one excluded Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.